Welcome to the Daily Bolster. Each day we welcome transformational executives to share their real-world experiences and practical advice about scaling yourself, your team, and your business. Hi, I'm Matt Blumberg. I'm co-founder and CEO of Bolster, and welcome to the Daily Bolster. I am here today with Max Yoder. Max uh, was the founder and CEO of Lessonly, uh, a great success story in the Indianapolis tech scene. Uh, Max, welcome to the Daily Bolster. Thanks for having me, Matt. Been looking forward to this. Yeah. So um, one of the things that uh, that I know about you is you're uh, you're incredibly um, thoughtful and self-aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the question I wanted to ask you today is, um, what are three things that you learned about yourself in the process of scaling Lessonly? And first of yeah. all, tell everyone how big Lessonly got at the end, like how many employees or whatever your metric is. Yeah, we were 300 employees and uh, right around 30 million in revenue. Uh, so for me, a very big business. That's a big business, um, especially to start it at zero. So yeah, right. three things you learned about yourself along the way. Yeah, self-compassion uh, working for me was a big one. I have a very self-critical voice. I, 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 I had one for a long time that, that was driving the bus. And, and that critical voice was very perfectionistic. Um, and I thought it was something that drove me in a way that like helped me achieve things. And, and I think it, it did, but I think it had this uh, shadow side of really um, making me way more insecure uh, and just it wasn't this life-giving force. It was kind of this soul-sucking force that pushed me forward. Uh, and as the company grew, that self-critical voice was hurting me. And I learned about self-compassion, which uh, my way of describing that would be treating myself like my best friend might. So when I struggle with something, instead of being the worst boss ever in my head and being like, you've done that terribly, what an idiot. I'm now like, oh, look at us. We're struggling with this. This is a human experience. I'm sure it's not very fun. I, I believe you can do it. Uh, being, being kind to myself. That's a, and, just a, it's a, such a good way of articulating it because most people talk about self-care and self-management. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think all of us who start businesses have some level of imposter syndrome yeah. probably all the way through the journey. Right. Self-compassion is just, uh, it's just a great way of phrasing it. So uh, I'm not sure there's anything more important than more self-compassion in the world, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're gentler to ourselves, we can be gentler to other people. And I think we're often acting out of a place of not feeling good enough which self-compassion is all about, like you're already good enough, not, not, a, not about your behavior at all, you just are. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it's a beautiful thing. So it, it's helped me immensely. That's great. All right, so let's go to number two. Sure. Uh, I used to think conflict equaled dysfunction, but as, as a CEO, I realized conflict is just information and I want that information. So I used to shy away from dysfunction or conflict because I was like, oh, this is dysfunctional. And now I'm like, oh, this is just something happening. Uh, and, th- and as things happen, uh, sometimes they rub against one another. And sometimes that conflict that, that I'm sensing is not personal. It can be systemic, right? If I'm in finance and you're in marketing, we're probably going to have some natural conflict, right? I want to spend, uh, I, I want you to save money and you, you want to spend money. Um, that's not personal, right? That's systemic. Uh, but digging into that conflict and figuring out the information behind it uh, became very, very uh, helpful and life-giving part of my, my, my whole life experience. So if I sense some conflict with my wife and in my old world thought it was dysfunction, I might shy away from it. I might avoid it. Now I'm just like, hey, there's information here that I don't have yet uh, that I can communicate with her and, and try to get. And I can do it gently um, and kind of more as an investigator as opposed to being defensive. That is great. There's a reason the phrase productive tension exists. So, Amen. Yeah. It's yeah. all over. It's all yeah. over. But you know, I just had this warped view. Yeah. All right. Number three. 
Number three, well, I am addicted to stress. And when I say stress, what I mean is stimulation. So like there's two major, you know, states of the body. There's the uh, parasympathetic state, which is this fight or flight kind of I'm stimulated and ready to go. I'm sorry. There's a sympathetic state, which is that stimulated and ready to go. Then there's this parasympathetic state, which is rest and repair. I spend not enough time in the rest and repair and too much time in the ready to go. And I just think that, uh, you know, kills one a person over time. We need to spend more time in rest and repair. I know I do personally. And my addiction to stress, I think, is bigger than just me. I think it's just a part of our system. We, we, we struggle to rest. You know, I ask somebody to sit alone in a room for even 10 minutes doing nothing. It's a challenge. And 10 minutes is not that long of time. Um, which, you know, we need that stimulation. And uh, I am actively working on undoing my addiction to stimulation just slowly but surely over time, getting more rest. I napped every day as, as a CEO, and I, I nap even more now. I love that. Um, it makes me, makes me want to go take a nap. Amen. Uh, well, I hope that's not the effect I have on you for the rest of this conversation. Not at all. Max Yoder, thank you so much. Uh, that's great wisdom. Uh, will you come back and do a longer form one with me uh, that will run on a Friday? ASAP, man. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Max. Thank you. 